Hi everyone and welcome to the Positive Vet Nurse podcast channel and I hope that everyone is doing great today at the start of September. Um, I'm with Emily who you may already know on social media as Empowering RVN Media. Um, Emily's been on the podcast channel before so I'm really excited to have have you on again with me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. He's good to be back. <laughs> um, so in today's podcast, we'll actually be talking about how we can overcome challenges when we feel um, that we perceive ourselves as not doing our best or that we're not showing up as we would like to. Um, we'll be talking a little bit about our experiences with feeling lack in particular areas of our lives, um, especially when it comes to content creation and also getting through slumps. Um, so I thought this would be perfect for Emily to take off the conversation by telling us a little bit about how you've been feeling recently um, with your content creation and things like that. Yeah, sure. So hi, everybody. I hope you're okay. Um, just as a bit of a backstory, in case you didn't listen to the previous episode, my name is Emily and I'm an RVN. Um, I'm also now a full-time content creator, as well as a locum in small animal practice. Um, content creation is something that has a massive place in my life, not just as a job, but I've been doing it now for nearly five years, which is just insane to think about. Um, it's something that allows me to be creative but also to have relationships with people like with being on this podcast you know this wouldn't ha- have happened without social media because mm-hmm. our mine else past wouldn't have crossed so you know there's so many things that I can be grateful for but there's also a lot of things as well that I think I've learned lessons but I wouldn't necessarily say that they've always been positive experiences and that's not from negative feedback or anything like that. It's more of a mindset game, if I'm honest. Um, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, oh God, a long time ago now, but feels in, like it. <laughs> yeah. In 2020, I actually took the majority of 2020 off just because I was burnt out from creating content. I think I was putting way too much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was setting unrealistic expectations. I was expecting myself to be perfect straight away I was you know as much as it it pains me to say I was beating myself up over why I'd not reached 10k followers yet which as we all know does not matter in the slightest (laughs) it's a great achievement but it doesn't really change anything doesn't change the content that you're creating the person that you are um so yeah um and I think definitely now as being a full-time content creator it is a very up and down roller coaster I think is probably the best way to put it um just because you not only am I I so used to creating content as my hobby in quotations um but now I do it as a full-time job I actually have what I would what people would normally call free time and I don't know what to do with it (laughs) so so it's kind of like it kind of consumes my life which was my choice completely my choice um but yeah trying to navigate that now in a world where I can actually have time to myself whatever that looks like because Mm -hmm. again I still have that odd struggle like the weekend that's just gone was a a bank holiday weekend and on the Monday I was like right I can I can do some work now I work for myself I'm choosing to work today and Mm -hmm. um Luke was like but why? It was like, why are you working? I was like, 
because it's Monday. And it was like, but it's a bank holiday. You shouldn't be working. And I was like, but and he was like, I don't care if you bored out your stump, you're not working today. And I had to, I actually had to shut my office door and stop myself from going upstairs because otherwise I would have ended up sat at my desk. That um, sounds like me, that does. <laughs> it's so easily done though. Like yeah. it, just because it's there, I think I remember when I was having a conversation with a vet just before I left full-time practice and she was like, oh, I'd love to work for myself, you know, sit on the sofa all day and, you know, lounge around and go for coffee when I want and be able to do what I want when I want. And I was like, mate, it's nothing like that. (laughs) Um, And I'm really, yeah, especially now that I actually am doing it, um, it is definitely not like that. (laughs) That is definitely a glorified version. That's the Instagram version. The reality is Mm. that I spend far too much time in here than what I probably should. And now that I do have spare time to be able to do things, I don't (laughs) because I'm up here thinking, oh, I've just had a great idea for a blog post. So let's just draft that, shall we? It's like, no, (laughs) no, stop. You need boundaries. Even to the point where I'm hoping to take some of next week off because I've got family visiting. And I've even gone to the extreme of writing, do not open this door on a piece of paper and sticking it to my office door because I'm not allowed in here next week. I'm going to do a little bit like at the beginning, but mm. after that, I'm going to be nowhere near. Everything is going to be switched off and I am not touching any of it. Good. In theory. Good. <laughs> I, I, I said I was going to have a week off this week and I've decided to book a shift tomorrow. There we go. I I just don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> just, you just glutton's for pun- I just glutton's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if I'm not at the gym, if I'm not at work, I'm at my desk. <laughs> I just can't stop. I think it's just from, I think a lot of it stems from being a student, really. Because if you Mm -hmm. think about it, when we, as nurses, as students, you know, you're at college or uni, you're working in a vet because you need the experience. And obviously it's part of the course. Mm -hmm. You've got assignments, you've got exams, you're spinning all of these plates that then once you're no longer spinning those plates, it's like, but what do I do now? I'm so used to balancing so many things that, like I say, we're glutton for punishment because then you're like, well, what else can I do now? Oh, let's do a postgrad. No, I know. It's like with me, I've been going for like, what, eight years now um, without having a break. But after this certificate's done next week, I hope it it will be all passed and okay because I don't want to do any more now. It will be, positive affirmation. (laughs) positive would be positive (laughs) the positive (laughs) manifestation (laughs) yeah no I really hope it does go okay I just don't do well with exams that's just notoriously how I am um so I'm trying to keep my head up a little bit with it um but I'm gonna have to have a break after this um but I don't know what I'm gonna do myself this is the thing and I'm actually quite worried I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't have any chill I have no chill yeah you're just so used to being on the go all the time and I remember mm. like even last night I was I was thinking what am I gonna do on my week off and I was like oh I could do some business stuff and it's like no Emily it's meant to be a week off like what are you gonna do and I was like oh 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 I don't I don't know and that mm. filled me with dread like the actual thought of not having anything to do I know like I just, just like being in my head for too long. I'm not no, doing that's that. the thing, isn't it? I think we get so uncomfortable when we have the opportunity to stop 
that actually when when it presents itself we're like no I don't want that that's no. too uncomfortable <laughs> I don't I honestly don't know how I'm going to cope <laughs> you'll be great yeah yeah, yeah. You will. so what are the struggles you've been finding recently then I think a lot of it um for me is about trying to find my path and my place my purpose I suppose you would say oh. I know obviously that I create content for myself and for other veterinary based businesses but I have always been known on social media um for those who didn't know me previously I did a lot about self-care personal development mental mm-hmm. health that almost became my comfort zone, which is a good thing because that was my niche. That was what I talked about. That was mm-hmm. what I created my content around. And I could always find things to talk about because I would look inwards and I'd reflect on that. And that would help so many people. Not saying that my journey of being a content creator isn't helpful to people, but it's where I sit within that. That is something that really um, I am really struggling with at the minute. Um it's more where, what perspective am I looking from? Because previously, obviously I worked full-time in clinic and I created content. So Mm -hmm. I, in theory, was my ideal client to other people because I was myself, a solo content creator that did it as a side hustle. Mm -hmm. Now I do it full-time. There's almost this misalignment that I am doing this thing full time so now I don't I still get the balance because I did it for so long but I'm not actively in it so I'm not understanding that struggle in my mind because it's like well it's all right for you now because you've got all day to do it and it's like well Mm. I do but it's not that simple it's a lot more complex it's not as black and white as that um and then now me thinking you know so how can I help these content creators that's a question that always hangs over my head quite a lot is what can I do to help them? How can I serve them? Because I don't want, and I don't think people would perceive me this way. This is what my mind tells me. Mm. Is that people would tell me, oh, it's all right for you now. You can do it whenever you want, as I said before. Mm. And it's all right for you. You've left practice, you know, for those people that, you know, are looking to diversify their skill sets. It's all right for you. You've made it. So don't, and just, you forgot about us now. You've you've made your successes. You've managed to step away and you're going to forget about us. And I don't want that. I want to be able to help as many people as possible because the ethos of me is still the same in that I want to help people. That's all I ever want to do. Just now I can do it in a different capacity. And I think it's trying to navigate and figure out how I can do that and still be able to battle that barrier that boundary that I've got in my head of it's all right for you though because you've left you don't you're not a nurse full-time anymore Mm. you see what I mean it's 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 a it's an up and down battle (laughs) it's something that I struggle with a lot um and then you know there's there's always all these new trends that come out and all these new updates that come up and trying to keep keep with the times <laughs> gotta sound like an old person no but, don't get me started on that I don't know what this TikTok business is I'm really sorry I don't I'm, get it I'm not a TikTok fan if I'm honest um <sighs> I understand the concept of short form video and I think it is really valuable 
But the actual platform of TikTok itself, I just don't understand. And it's not for me personally. But again, no. a lot of this is personal preference as it is with any. Um, and yeah, it's it, yeah. it's a lot to try and juggle. And then having mm. these mindset barriers that keep popping up. It's like, I, I the best way that I could describe it is it's like playing emotional whack-a-mole. <laughs> and you stood there in front of the machine and you whack one on the head and you finally feel like you've got there and you're like, yes, I can do it. And then it pops up somewhere else and you're like, for God's sake. And then you whack it down again and then it's like you feel good for a little bit and then it pops back up again somewhere else and mm. it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to try and that's quite a harsh, um, you know, thing in your mind, isn't it, that comes up. Um, and it's almost as if it's sort of imposter syndrome. It's saying, like, why should you, you know, you know you've got out of practice that's something that you want to do what a lot of people really want to do I mean the aim of the game for me is I I don't want to be in practice anymore like I'd love to do a side hustle but I'm just at that stage where I don't actually know what it is I want to do to be able to fully get that goal yeah um I know it'll come at some point it'll come when it when it needs to when it wants to um but yeah I can imagine it's quite hard it must be sort of an imposter syndrome for you because you've got something that a lot of people do think about but you're beating yourself up about it in in your head when you don't necessarily need to um and that's something that will probably have to have a lot of work done you know what I mean to kind of get you going actually no I deserve to do this um you know I work hard for this um and and that you're helping people yeah, and that's not to say that, you know, I don't work hard. You know, yes, there are some days where I make myself busier than I am others. Mm. But the, the beauty is that I have the flexibility to be able to prioritise different things, which ultimately was the main reason why I decided to take the business full time was because I wanted to have that flexibility. Mm. I wanted to be able to prioritise my health if I needed to I wanted to be Mm. able to prioritise rest if I needed to you know it wasn't just about oh I'm finally ridding myself of any toxic workplace settings or anything like that it was it wasn't anything to do with that it was more that and I've talked about this before but I always knew from being little that I wanted to be my own boss I didn't know in what capacity I didn't know how I was going to do it um I remember when I first um started uni I actually thought I was going to do my master's in physiotherapy and be a veterinary physiotherapist that was my plan um funnily enough that was mine as well yeah and I was Mm. going to work for myself and it was great because my horse at the time was brilliant at injuring himself and it was going to save me loads of money (laughs) and (laughs) as I got more into studies I realized actually that isn't what I wanted to do um Mm. And there were some other like hurdles that I couldn't really overcome unless I wanted to invest thousands of pounds into my education, which, to be honest, I wasn't really uh, four years into a degree. I was like, I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> I think once you've done like your three, four years, you just want to kind of get into your job They've and go for something. it. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I wish I did the BSc. I wish I did the top up um, because then I would have got sort of the teaching qualification out of it, which everyone is asking me for all the time for these jobs that I want to do and I just can't get my, myself in edgeways really with it um but you know it is how it is isn't it <laughs> well it, it's it's the journey isn't it and mm. I think especially from you know from that point of view like thinking along those lines 
change. You know, CPD was always traditionally done by companies and mm. you only went to those certain companies and, you know, you you did that. Whereas there's people like Laura, who um, I don't know if um, the guys on the podcast, but veterinary internal medicine nursing. Mm. Last night she did mm. a workshop on blood gases. Wasn't sponsored. It wasn't through a company. It was just her. And you've seen that, that a lot more. Um, and I think CPD is definitely being done differently. It's not a case of going away for a day and going to see somewhere else. You know, there's a lot more that a lot more opportunities that are coming out of that, which yeah. I think is a good thing. I prefer um, things like that as well. Like I was gonna do the one last night, but I just got busy in the end. Um yeah. but yeah, no, like these things are really good and this is things that we can diversify in yeah. you know and be our own person be our own boss and have our own purpose and individuality um again something I'm trying to work on I don't know what it is yet <laughs> but I'm sure I'll find out um, yeah I mean when I first started yeah. so when I first started I didn't have a plan I didn't know that I was when I where I am now um mm-hmm. I essentially got a dm um off of somebody on instagram i won't i won't name them but they know who they are um and they said you know really struggling with creating content well we really like the way that you create yours do you want to help do you mind helping i was like yeah sure why not so i um so i, I did and then a couple of months went by and then i got another message from someone else saying um I was having a conversation with my friend the other day that said that they were struggling with their content and she could give them a dig out and I was like yeah why not sure so I had a conversation (laughs) helped them out um and then I was like actually do you know what I could probably make a business out of this because I understand the struggles of not even just from a business point of view but from a personal point of view how hard it is to create content and try and do something else at the same time you think of big multi-million pound companies, they have a whole marketing team and whole infrastructure built on marketing. So when you're a small business owner or a medium business owner, you know, that doesn't have a, that capacity, it's hard work. Um, and so I was like, Do you know what? Let's give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward to uh, March 2022 when I was able to step away from my full-time job which I'm very grateful for um the first few months were a little bit challenging um and mm. I think some of that was just because mm. I was burnt out from being in practice um in hindsight get, I probably should have looked yeah. yeah um I should have probably welcomed more in the beginning but I just needed a break from practice I just needed to take a step away and just breathe because working in referral for two and a half Mm -hmm. years and well two years and then working in first opinion in the middle of a pandemic throughout a pandemic with a lot of personal trauma Mm -hmm. um was hard really hard Mm -hmm. and I had got to the point where and I'd always said this and I probably said this in the last episode as well but I always knew that if I was going to work to pay my bills not because I enjoyed the job anymore that I needed to walk away and I'd always said that to myself that was a promise that I'd I said that I would always keep is the minute I stop enjoying my job I will walk away and um I did because I just couldn't I it wasn't fair not saying that I didn't do a good job because I did 
Well, I'd like to think I did, but um, I it, it just wasn't serving me anymore. So I just needed to take that time to stop and reevaluate and have a breather and come back to it with a fresh set of eyes. Mm. I think sometimes you've got to do that. You've got to have that time away. Otherwise yeah. you do just implode. <laughs> yeah, you do. And it's it's hard to think about because then I automatically say that. And the first thing that I feel is guilt mm. because I understand that there are also a lot of nurses out there who have um, worked throughout the pandemic, have worked for years in practice, maybe do want a break, maybe do want to step outside and do something completely different. Don't know where to go, but they do. And here's old me that's like, yeah, I did this. You know, I don't like to celebrate it that much because I feel guilty for that. There are a lot of people that, you know, and this, again, the flip side of the coin is there are people that are happy in veterinary and happy in practice. Mm-hmm. I ha- I take my hat off to them because I I, I, I wish, I, I, I say I wish I was like that. I was like that. But unfortunately, my past, well, not unfortunately, see, the, the wording, it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's always there. But I my path is different and I need to accept that but that's something that I'm finding really difficult to accept is that my path looks like completely different like I don't know many nurses who have diversified into full-time content creation so as much as that's brilliant because I can create my own yardstick and I don't have anybody to compare myself to it's also again because I am the only person I feel like I stick out like a sore thumb like oh look at her what's she gone to do do you know what I mean like it's it's a bit of a weird one it's weird hearing that because it's not something that I would think about you like you know I think that you've done an amazing thing like you found your niche and you've acted on it now there's a lot of people that won't act on it and they'll forever be going I want to do this I want to do this and they just won't take the leap and it's sort of with me I never knew that I'd start locoming and it was only until I was pushed to that point where I just walked out of my job. I said, I'm not, I'm not being um, bullied anymore. I'm not having any of this. Um, I was fed up of going from permanent job to permanent job and just never feeling like I belonged anywhere. Yeah. And now I've kind of let go of that, that feeling of always wanting to belong to somewhere because I, I've always known that I'm different. And then obviously recently finding out I have autism, that's answered a lot. Oh, a lot of questions but it's kind of that like I'm not trying to fit in anymore in that sense I'm not putting pressure on myself to fit in and it's nice that I I can look and you know I do try and get on with a team and it's nice the place that I've been at recently that I've just finished up with been there since the end of June um it was like almost as a part of their team and that was really nice and they appreciated uh, my help they even got me gifts blessed them like that was really nice I wasn't expecting I know, I that, saw that. Okay. yeah I wasn't expecting anything like that and that was really nice um but it's kind of like I had to take that chance to move away from that lifestyle I had where I was working five days a week um and I just hated it um I couldn't get anything done obviously doing my certificate I couldn't have any time to revise or do any of the assignments 
And then as soon as I left, it was like a weight had been lifted, but I also had the anxiety of something new, um, which I'm sure, you know, you said you felt when you first started, those first few months were really hard. And I think that is the same for anything um, when you're first starting out, because you don't know what you're doing, really. You haven't really got that. Uh, you've got maybe a plan, but you haven't um, had experience one, as such. Yeah, it's one thing to say, you know, oh, I'm going to go and do this, mm. but then the, to execute it. Yeah, to mm. go through with it, and then to think, you know, I've gone from a stable job because a veterinary job is a stable job. Did it's yeah. granted, it's it's not linear but it's it's a stable mm. job you know you know what income's coming in you know you've got holiday allowance you know that you're perks yeah gonna go and work X amount of hours. you know you're gonna have to do you all all of the expectations are set out in front of you which you don't realize until then you can set your own expectations actually how hard it is to do that because mm. like for me now to a to a certain extent I may know how much is coming in each month but I didn't know how much I was going to make. I didn't know a lot of anxiety. Yeah, I didn't know that I was going to be able to pay bills. The first couple of months that Mm -hmm. I and I'll be open about it. The first couple of months that I was in business, I couldn't pay bills. I could pay a portion of it, but I couldn't pay all of it. Um, And luckily, I have Luke, who's who's amazing and very supportive. But I didn't know what was coming around the corner. I didn't know if I was going to get you know any Mm -hmm. more work coming through the door. It was very, it wasn't like I was just turning up into my office every day and having a set amount of things. No, I had to go out there and make it. And while that's exciting, again, there's no, there's no line in the sand that's drawn that's like, this is where you've got to get to because you make that line yourself. And I think that, that that can be said about a lot of things. It's not just about business, but in life, you know, you, you don't live your life for other people. You live it for yourself which that's great and it means that there are so many possibilities but it also brings along so much angst with it as well because Mm. where where do you draw that line because what if you drew your line say here but then your cousin drew it here then you don't look good enough Mm. what if you know you drew your line too high and then everyone's like oh you you, you're punching you you you're being unrealistic with your expectations there do you know what I mean? So there's I think so that can many be a generational ways. Thing, can't it as well? Like you almost have that um that voice in your head from another generation somewhat somewhere going, this isn't how it's meant to be, but things have changed so much. Like we now, you know, people get paid on social media now. Um, like there's so many outlets that you can get money and do side hustles, whereas you know, back in the day, um you know that was that wasn't a thing you like had a stable job and you stayed in it you didn't really leave it um and I had think that's one job something... when you were 15 and you stayed in it until you retired <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like when I talked to my parents about me being self-employed they, they struggle to understand certain aspects of it but they kind of know me as like now I try and explain like I'm a service and that I go around and I help that's kind of how best I can explain myself yeah um you know, at first they were really worried about me um, when I said, oh, yeah, going self-employed. And it's kind of, like, I've never mentioned this before. And I hadn't, I hadn't mentioned it before. It was this thing where, oh, I've lost my job. Uh, well, walked out my job. What do I do now? 
And it, it was lucky that I had a friend that said, you can go into locoming right now. Like they are crying out for nurses, um, you know, just after the pandemic sort of thing. Um, they're offering, offering brilliant rates. Naively, you know, I, I was on this really good wage and then it kind of stopped at the start of this year. And I, I kind of didn't really know what was going on. I thought that I could do two, three days a week, you know, but things change, you know, things go up, things go down. And I think I felt more anxiety with that because I never knew when the money was coming in and how much, whereas now I've started booking in the work in advance and it's actually helped, but I can still do the things that I want to do. I can still say no if I want to. That's been a big thing for me is setting my boundaries. Um, and it's helped me massively with my mental health. Everything like that is is just being able to say, no, I don't want to do that. Or, um, you know, you don't feel as obliged, really. Yeah. And I think that's an amazing thing about being self-employed and, and that sort of thing. And it kind of gives you that spark again because I yeah. really wasn't feeling it. Last year when I walked out of that job, I went, I'm done with veterinary. I can't be asked to do this anymore. Um, not that I couldn't be asked, actually. It was more just, it's exhausting, it's draining. It's too much for my illness that I have. It's too much for everything yeah. that's going on. And I'm just kind of so glad that I just took the reins on it. And I have so many questions about people people wanting to locum or wanting to do something where they're not in practice anymore to have that freedom. I think it's amazing that yeah, you can do that now in this day and age. You can do yeah. that. And I I would definitely echo that and say, you know, aut- autonomy was one of the biggest things um, because I really... That was one, I think that was one of the main sticking points for me, I think, and it always has been, is that I have always been that person that wants that choice. And if I haven't got that choice, I feel trapped. And then when I yeah. feel trapped, that's when it that's when that negative thought spin-off comes in because I feel trapped and it's like, well, what are you gonna do to get out? And I, I see that pattern throughout my career. And then I look at it now and it's like I don't I wouldn't say that I feel trapped. But mm. now that I can make the choices, it's so it's like when you go to a restaurant and say you went to a restaurant and you picked up a menu and there were three things for starter, a couple of mains and then a couple of puddings. But then you went to another restaurant and there was a page full of starters, a page full of mains. Don't. And <laughs> a page I'm full of thinking about it. Literally. But that's the that's the re- response it invokes be, revoke, because there's so much choice like you go to if you would then say that the the smaller menu was a a a normal full-time job regardless of what industry it's in Mm -hmm. the expectations are set out for you you either do this this or this at this time at this place whereas now that you've got that full autonomy you've got all of these choices and it's like where do I go what do I do like it takes a lot of figuring out to try and get to that smaller menu to get rid of all the things that you're going to try that you don't like to find the things that you do like well I have the same thing because autism <laughs> I'm joking um yeah yeah that's interesting so it's kind of as well you know how you're all content creating for other people how do you feel about you know 
when you were in practice, you were doing your content creating on the side. And I think I remember you saying once that you had time then to do it, whereas now you don't have time to do your own content. Like, how has that kind of been I, for you? I think I, I say that I don't have time. I do have time. It's not on the priority. Well, it's not a priority. Yeah. So I always, my biggest, my main priority is making sure that client content is done yes. 100% that is always my focus but then when I do have time to do my own stuff it's like this barrier that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. like that guilt that I feel stops me from creating content and I am still trying to figure out how to get over it I'm still trying to figure out why it's there in the first place um but it I can't, it, trying to put it into words is really difficult. Um, yeah. But I like, I create certain types of content that I think will be really helpful. And then no thanks to the algorithm and the powers that be, all these platforms. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't really get, it doesn't really get engagement, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Numbers don't matter. It's the people that it does help that matter which is easy to forget at the time when you look at a post that's took you three hours of stressing, two hours of thinking about, like half an hour to write it. Our brain power goes into writing posts. And then three people like it. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, I I don't just, you know, think of an idea and create it. (laughs) There's all the other things that come with it as well. Um, mm-hmm. you know it's not just a case of just finding a cute picture slapping a few hashtags on it and going hashtag living my best life but so I'd say that's more <laughs> of like an external thing isn't it like that's not in our control like we can't yeah. make people like it and like you said with the algorithms how they are at the moment I'm getting frustrated with the algorithms like I don't understand it everything just seems to be going into a tiktok vibe and i can't stand it like half the things that come up on my explore now are are nothing to do with anything that i like and it's it's so overwhelming in a way because you don't want it there but you can't get rid of it so then it makes you want to not bother as well i think that's really really difficult um but there was a post you did not long ago and it was it was really helpful to me i thought it was really helpful um and it was kind of the one that was saying, um, you know, when you're in a bit of a slump with your content creating, what could you kind of do? And there was one about reusing photos or reusing certain content. Um, and that one was really helpful for me because I was like, I can't always take the photos. I'm not always in a practice that like me having my online presence and going, oh, can you take a photo of me with this cute puppy? Um, sometimes I I'm having self-esteem problems where I don't want a photo of myself I did your survey by the way and I think you might have seen it that I said in there I don't mind talking about it but I have a lot of body image problems and I have been comparing myself to a lot of these accounts where there's there's girls that look absolutely immaculate on their pages and they're getting thousands and thousands of likes and it's almost like it's glamorizing the profession um I mean there's I'm not saying you can't look a certain way like that's not what I'm saying but it's a bit demoralizing when you already feel rubbish about yourself and then you're not getting as many uh as many engagements because 
then I'm thinking is it because of how I look and I know a lot of things now is kind of based on how things look like if a post doesn't look good you know then you're not necessarily going to follow them or be engaged in their content and it's like when like you know for me if I see people that have very bright bold colors or like the writing kind of uh disintegrates within like these bright colors I won't follow them because for me that's that's not okay for my visual needs but this is a bit different where it's going on to how people look in the photos and obviously I put myself out there quite a lot um I almost find myself to be a part of the brand if that makes sense yeah which you are like in a way everybody's Mm. social media is a personal brand Mm. you are Mm. branding whether your face is in there or not it's still you behind there it's still a human being behind there comparison mm-hmm. is a very real thing mm-hmm. um and I myself compare myself sometimes to others um mm-hmm. more from a point of view of why am I not there yet but what's mm-hmm. there what is yeah. there because what does that mean what does well, yeah what does there mean to you because mm-hmm. my there might be different to yours you know and I think the the point about you know sort of having that that comparison trap can be really hard to navigate because we as as naturally as we as people are I I would like to think that we're pretty much like a very similar personality but Mm -hmm. comparison is something that we do automatically without even realizing it and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that do that as well oh yeah not that there's anything wrong with that but I think it's the way that we, uh, yes, we receive that information, but it's the way that we deal with it that's, that's that's different from some people to others. You know, some people will acknowledge a thought, let it go. Mm-hmm. Some people will acknowledge that thought and then let it, and hold it and hold mm-hmm. on tight to it. And I think we need to get better at, it's not about stopping ourselves from comparing ourselves to others, it's our reaction to the way that we compare ourselves to others. I think that's the important part. So yes, naturally you are going to compare yourself, but then it's your then conscious decision to say, I acknowledge that thought. Does it serve me now? Well, it can pass on by. I don't have to action it. Mm -hmm. And that can be said about a lot of things. You know, it can be about like confidence in like your workplace or whether it's Mm -hmm. about your, your content. And it's easy for me to stay here now from, from an objective point of view, but I can guarantee that if I am ever in that situation, I find it really difficult to let things go. Mm. And I think that comes from not even a not even from a perfectionist point of view, because my problem, uh, I say problem, my issue is that I don't care if I fail. Mm. I don't care if I stick out. I have never been a person to follow the crowd. If someone told me to go left, I'd go right, just because they told me yeah. to go left. But... <laughs> I have a fear of success Mm. so it's not even necessarily that I'm like oh my god what if it doesn't happen like when I was talking about earlier about having that that poster you know you spend five hours stressing over and you only get three likes over it Mm. that 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 hurts me to begin with but I can let that go that that disappears yeah that scares me more than anything is but what if you succeed because then the things that follow from that is, is it going to change my personality? Is it going to change who I am? Is it going to make me a different person? How am I going to handle that? How am I going to navigate that? Am I still going to be the 
same person that people have followed for so long mm-hmm. are people going to switch off because you've changed these are all things that are very that I'm very conscious about because I would love to be that person that doesn't change mm. I think that's a good point because now thinking about sort of my journey through when I started oh sorry Sorry about that. Um, noisy doggies. <laughs> no, it's fine. We have noisy doggies as well next door. No one will mind. Um, yeah, anyway, what I was saying was um, kind of my journey from when I first started um, with my Instagram is that I did a lot of patient posts. And when I did work in referral, when I got chance to say be on kennels, that is when I would have the most time to take photos I'd speak to the clients regularly so I could ask for consent for them to go on uh, the page and um, I find that I just did a lot of that and they were lovely photos and now I feel as I've progressed there's not as much of that going on um I mean, I've kind of evolved it in a way where obviously it is still mental healthy, but I always wanted it to be, you know, slightly on the educational side as well, you know, still thinking about the patients. And I find it really hard sometimes to navigate which one I really want to be in. And I don't know, like that's for me, I don't want to be stuck in one shape, um, if that makes sense. Like I don't want to be a cookie cutter sort of shape yeah. I, I want also, to be you able don't want to be forcing a square peg in a round hole either that that's that's what I was going for yeah that is a brilliant way of saying it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah with with all the changes that everyone wants you to do reels now and things like that whereas I I like classic normal classic posts but the thing is you know you take so long doing it and you don't get the engagement anymore whereas if I did a reel for a couple of seconds it'd be fine but again, what's holding me from that is my appearance. You know, when I don't wear makeup, I feel that I stick out awfully. And again, that's something that I've got to work on. Self-esteem problem, got bullied all through school. So that is something <laughs> something that doesn't seem to leave. Um, probably there's a lot of people that feel that way, um, that have gone through I'm things like that. <laughs> it sticks with you and it follows you and it's horrible. Um, I get it. Uh, but I think you have to really go back to your why and your purposes and I have to think you know people aren't following me and and going oh well you're not wearing makeup like that's not what people are thinking even though in my head I feel this consciousness that I don't look like this other account that I was following I ended up unfollowing them because they just really glamorized it and like fair play if you can put makeup on in the morning for work and look amazing then fair game to you but I kind of roll out in an I absolute mean, if it, mess it was me I'd, I'd put it on and within an hour it'd all be gone and I'd look like I've been dragged through a hedge backwards <laughs> yeah and yeah so I, and I don't and I think that's the thing about social media that like the beauty is is that and you've said it perfectly there is that you just because somebody is doing that you can still celebrate them and say fair play to you 
but doesn't mean that you've got to follow them doesn't mean Mm. that you've got to continually beat yourself up about it no because you you don't you have a full choice of who you follow who you don't follow and what you post and what what you what you see um and I think the 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 biggest thing really as well is gone gone are the days of Instagram where it was what's the prettiest photo you can take Mm. um because that's going to get you the likes you know it's a lot more complicated complex than that it's a lot it's it's evolved so much um and whilst I can sit here and say you know oh well there's um you you can do all of these things you know you don't have to show your face you don't have to I can give you all of these these tips in the world ultimately if it, it comes down to your mindset and if you don't feel comfortable doing it nobody's forcing you and I've leading into I did a real um which is a short film video on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and I I think in fact let me try and find the quote I'm sure it was mm. social media is um optional not a necessity if you need to step away don't feel guilty mm. and I didn't mean for it to but looking at this post right now, it has 325 likes and it reached nearly 10,000 people. Oh, wow. Which I did not expect no, at all. That's a lot, actually. Um, But I think it's because the message was so clear. Mm. It couldn't not not see it like it is not a necessity none of this if you chose to walk away none of this means anything you you could continue doing it for as long as you want but if you decided one day right I want to shut up and that's it no one's holding no one's stopping you you have thought isn't it as well complete control and power over it so Mm. don't feel like because I again I go now go through these cycles where again because I create content full time, I feel like I have to show up all the time, which yes. which is which is fine. Like mm. fine, that's my expectation of myself, not a problem. But where that comes to be let down is when, because I'm an introvert by nature, and there are times when I don't want to show up. No, I want to hide. I want to hide under the duvet with my Kindle and the dogs. Like I don't want to show up. I don't have the capacity to show up. So how do I navigate that? Mm. Up? I think, yeah, with sort of showing up, um, if you go through phases, and I find this as well, if you go through phases where you're lacking motivation or you're, you're really leaning on what other people are posting, you know, trying to get inspiration, not copying, but you're really trying to do something very similar and you're not being as authentic as you normally are it's kind of thinking what's changed what's happened like is it something to do with me is it an external factor am I stressed am I just tired um you know and it's it's kind of going through that and the amazing thing is that we do have the power to change things but I understand also it's really hard to like get out of that slump and get out of that mindset of feeling all these things that we've just spoken about you know the self-esteem problems and comparison and you know it's really hard to not close out of your system yeah 
isn't it and to try and be authentic again because you're thinking what if my authentic is not what people want to see anymore because things change all the time what I do yeah you know but I also think it's okay to switch things up um like I said the evolution of like what's happened with my page it's really changed and the post I had looked the other day the post that got the most likes in the past year was one where where I'm being really honest and I think it was one that says you know not everyone is going to like you and it must have resonated with a lot of people but that was the post that was so authentic to me because I was going through such a crap time in my life at that time when I did that post everything came out so authentic so honest and it must have just hit a nerve with with everyone and it did so well that post I mean it was a cute photo you know it was a cock spaniel puppy having a cuddle with me um but it's it's kind of you know I feel that you get the most engagement when you are honest yeah but equally I have spent hours and hours on a post and not got anything back and that's that can be a bit demoralizing but I think that's the thing with social media like you know when you're thinking oh my post is getting this many likes this much engagement is doing really well the reach is amazing doesn't mean the next one is going to top that you know what I mean it's it's a very um what's the word back and forth sort of thing like you're not always going to do as well as that one unpredictable in some in some ways but then also what you have to remember is if you so say you're looking at a post translate that into people so if I told you that you had to talk to three people in a room you'd be fine if I told you you had 150 people in a room you'd be like oh my god that's loads if I told you that there were going to be four or five hundred people in a room or thousand people in a room you'd lose your mind but it's so easy to look at a number on a page on your phone and think that's a really small number but actually when you translate that into real life if you had a thousand actual people stood in a room you would be completely overwhelmed Mm. you would be so grateful because you have got all of these people supporting you Mm. and my counter argument to to what you were saying would be that Mm. you know when you create all of this content it it needs yes it needs to be authentic but also don't force yourself no because then if you are trying to force it it's not going to come out authentic no if you're posting for the sake of posting Mm -hmm. which I've been guilty of Mm -hmm. I've been guilty of in the past then don't if you really are struggling take a break the main thing to do with that is don't apologize for it no. because as we've said in earlier in this episode your you don't social media is optional you yeah. are not you letting anyone anything, anything by taking a break if anything you're setting an example yes. hey look i need a little bit of a break social media is getting a bit much I'll see you when I see you. Don't yeah, put a time limit yeah. on it. Don't say I'll be back in a fortnight. Don't be like, oh, I'm having a month off. Just say, you know what? I just need to tap out. I'll be back when I'm back. That's what I've exactly what I've done. Um, I mean, I hadn't posted, I've not posted frequently for a very long time. 
I've been very bitty and bobby with it. Um, I've not really had my heart in it. And I think it's just because things are so busy, things are so overwhelmed. And obviously, like I said earlier, trying to get the gist of the locoming, uh, being self-employed malarkey, uh, that's a lot to take in. Um, and it's kind of like, that's why I've taken a bit of a, a break from creating content, because I feel like when I come back, I'll have more ideas, have a bit more of a plan. Obviously, we're going to have a chat as well. Um, and there's so many benefits to doing that, you know, because then you're going to be more authentic. You know, you're not like you just said, you're not pushing just anything out. And I've always said, I, I will try not to post things for the sake of it, because it's probably not something I want to post if I'm forcing it, you know, and I think, yeah, we've all been guilty of doing that. I think at some point, you know, when certain days come up and it's like all the hashtags, uh, I don't know, like happy veterinary day, for example, and you're going, Oh my God, I kind of need to use this tag because everyone's going to be looking at this tag and it might help me get some more engagement on my, on my profile. And then you're scrounging around looking for what to use. And I just feel like in those moments, I can't find something. It's not authentic. It's yeah, not genuine. It's not. Yeah, exactly. You're... It's not genuine. It's just me trying to follow a crowd almost. Yeah. Uh, just to try and, again, fit in, trying to fit in with something. But now I've kind of gone, oh, that's nice. It's such and such a day. You know, it can be well veterinary day tomorrow if I wanted it to, like, you know, it just doesn't mean everything, but it is hard to let go of these, uh, like, social, I don't know, expectations almost yeah. of what you should be doing. Um, but I do think, you know, there are benefits to taking these breaks, and I think we should do them more. And like you said, it's set an example that like I've said to people, look, I care about this exam I'm doing next week. I need some time away from it um you know I can't think properly whilst that is on my mind I can't create nice content for you whilst that is on my mind um you know I do have some things like pictures and that ready to go but I just don't know what to do with them yet and I'm not forcing myself into that I could do loads of posts now if I wanted to but I'm not going to because it's not right the time isn't right yeah I think that's another important aspect isn't it time yeah a hundred percent and I think if people always say you know why uh, again how how often should you post when's the best time hmm. when you whenever you want the main thing that I always say to people is it's not about how, it's not about the quantity it's about the quality yes when I say the quality I don't mean that it's got to be perfect I mean that it's consistent so if you know for sure that you can post twice a week just do two a week hmm. if you want to that way, if you do more, that's just a bonus. Yeah, exactly. Don't set yourself the expectation of doing seven days a week, knowing full well you're never going to be able to fulfill it because then you're constantly beating yourself up with the fact that you haven't made a post that day. Um, and mm. yeah, it's, you know, for me, I, I post three times a week. I have a newsletter that goes out every week. Um, and I did do blog posts for a spell, but to be honest, I got really overwhelmed. So I stopped doing that for a little bit um they will be coming back at some point again don't know when but it's like will. you can't always show up all the time yeah. and you know we have lives at the same time well it's like if, if you think of content creation it's almost a job in itself so yeah. if yeah. you're working a normal if you're working another job 
you take holiday so why not take holiday from social media that's it and when we spoke before starting the podcast I was saying how I've mentioned that I'm taking a break yet I'm still you know I have people message me saying I know you're on a break but can you help me with this and I've this is where you've really got to set your boundaries with it you know have that break and mean that you're going to have that break because you know I've got people asking me to help them with their exams well I need to help myself with my own exam um and sometimes you have to be be cool to be kind almost and be like you know actually I've, I've got to do this myself um obviously I can refer people on to others and give them resources but at the moment I can't give you know when I'm trying to show up in other areas of my life like my training like my gym training's always been a priority for me trying to master that with a house with relationship with family and friends trying to see trying to be with them all the time like there's there's so many different aspects that you want to show up and I don't think you can thoroughly show up in all of those perfectly like something's got to give at one point and the thing that gives for me is going to be social media that's going to be the first thing that goes out of all that because those other things are so much more important obviously I love my page I love helping people and that's why that's my purpose why I did it why I made it is to help people because I was feeling rubbish in myself and I feel felt like I needed to talk about it and of course it made a big dent in the community and it resonates with a lot of people and I'm really happy for that but I can't always be showing up doing that you know as well as all the other things that I'm trying to also show up in so there's that yeah and it's like it like we we, I think we said as a as a theme throughout this Mm -hmm. social media isn't isn't easy it's hard it's hard work thinking of all the ideas trying to keep everything organized trying to live your life and think of all these different priorities but at the end of the day it's all your choice no one is no one is gonna hold it against you if you turn around and say actually this is not for me yes and when I set my boundaries and I say no to things I actually get a really big sense of like empowerment like I feel proud of myself like last weekend over the bank holiday I didn't work and I had the best four days off that I think I've had in a very long time and it went so slow and I was going to work on one of the days I was getting messages saying can you come into work and I was saying no like I'm not doing that today I'm really glad I didn't and I was quite proud of myself for that and it's it's with anything in life it's not just content creating but anything in life you need to set your boundaries and kind of just say no and it is such a good feeling just to take that step back sometimes I think that's really important yeah it is definitely um but yeah it's just I think it's one of those things it's it's a forever changing thing but I I think that the biggest thing for people to remember is that they're not on their own like you're you're not the only person that feels the way that you feel there's going to be somebody out there that feels the same way that compares the same things mm-hmm. how you might even be the compare there's somebody that, the person that somebody compares itself to mm-hmm. you don't know what goes on out there but I think you the main thing is that you always show up authentically mm-hmm. you 
always put yourself first and reach out for support if you need it. Mm. But I think ultimately just follow your passion. That might change over time. Mm. You know, I looked back the other day, actually, in my archive, um, mm. because this was, I can't remember how long ago it was now, but I um, archived a load of my posts because in my head they weren't good enough. I've done that as well, you know. 155 posts I archived. And do you know what? I'm going to unarchive all of them. Mm. They're all going to go back up. And the reason why I'm doing that is because the the reason why I archived them in the first place was because I thought that they weren't good enough. Mm. So as a screw you to my mind, they are going back up there for people to see Mm. because... I think it's important for people to see that journey and that change. Because I look back at a lot of that content and I'm like, wow, and I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah. Things change, you know, but if you don't remind yourself of that journey, it can make it, the water becomes murky. You, you forget why you're doing it. You can't remind yourself of where you've come from, what you've, mm. what you've done, where you've, what you've achieved. Um, and the you you've you've always taken steps forward whether you realize it or not at the time probably Mm. not but having it as a tool for reflection is brilliant not just for social media but for everything in life having the 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 gift of hindsight but instead of calling it hindsight call it reflection is very Mm. powerful because Mm. hindsight means that you did something wrong but reflection means that you've that you're able to look at things in an objective point of view and if you learn something from it you do if you don't you don't Mm. but you're not putting again that expectation on yourself that you are doing something good or bad Mm. right or wrong you're just simply observing what's going on around you and okay I'm not happy with the outcome of that how can we change that next time do is that going to happen again probably not okay Mm. let's move on it's a beautiful at... practice to be able to do and journal it. I love journaling. Yeah. I think that my my sticking point with journaling at the minute is that I have so many things that are swirling around in my head, but then I come to pick up a pen and paper or use my, my iPad or my app or whatever I want to use and nothing comes out. Mm. It's almost like it's stuck and it doesn't want to come out. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a fog. Almost. I know like it's there. Just clouding it. It's yeah. Right on the tip of my tongue. It's right there at the end of the pen. But it's I, like that I moment. I find going on walks helps me with that. It Even if I'm listening like to a podcast. Yeah. Liar, liar, where he's trying to say that the pen is blue. <laughs> I love that. I love and the pen is red. And he's trying to say that the pen is red and he can't. And oh, then it's the blue best. everywhere. Like, that's what it feels like sometimes. And I suppose, in a way, content creation sometimes feels like that. You know, you're like, it's... There's a post idea for you. Yeah. It feels... <laughs> but Jim Carrey. <laughs> but Jim Carrey. God, I love a bit of Jim Carrey. Honestly, like, that man just absolutely makes me belly laugh every time. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you're trying to get it out and your brain's like, no, let's not do that. Let's do this instead. And it's like that's brilliant, but I need to get it out because like I can feel the pressure here. And it's like, no, no, you don't. You need to hold on to it. <laughs> and it's like, but why do I need to hold on to it? I'll know, but you do. And it's like, 
brilliant great thanks mm. but I don't need to hold on to this no. like I suppose to me on reflections conversation you know I don't need to hold on to that guilt because there'll be so many people out there that look at my content and are inspired by it yeah there's going to be some people out there that aren't inspired by it and that's fine mm. but they're not the people that are following me no. people follow you for a reason and just like you have people can unfollow me if I don't serve them with my content anymore that's fine you know it's not a case of if I we're currently with mine I think I'm at you know just over two and a half thousand followers if I had two and a half thousand people stood in a room I would not know what to do but yeah I look at that number on my Instagram account and go that's not good enough mm. why is it not good enough well because I've been doing it for so long Okay, you've been doing it for so long, but still, why is that not good enough? It's a numbers game, isn't it? It is. Why does it matter? It shouldn't matter because the amount of people like I've spoken to, like obviously you, um, Mm -hmm. Katie, there's a lot of people that I've spoken to that have got over five, ten thousand followers. Has it changed the way that they use the app? No. Has it made any difference? I stopped worrying about the number honestly that's how it was I don't know why I just wanted to get to 10,000 once I got over that I went right now what now what like it was it was that and I think a lot of people really get you know like you were saying it gets in your head and you go in that's not enough like that's not right and you almost feel like it's unfair like it's not a reflection on like how 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 much time (laughs) you've spent and and things like that and it's yeah we just have to get that out of our heads of thinking. You get so caught up in the, it can become such a numbers game and such really an can. obsession. But it doesn't, I mean, again, this was a BVA live earlier this year um, and I was listening to a talk um, mm-hmm. that was done by VSGD and it had um, Courtney, who was veterinary anaesthesia. Oh, yeah. And the, the biggest thing from that talk that I walked away from is the fact that she was like, it's called social media for a reason, not dictator media. You're not telling people what to do. You're inviting them in for a conversation. Whether they have that conversation with you or not is up to them. But encourage that conversation with people. Talk to people in the comments. Have a discussion with someone. DM someone yeah. if you know they, they ask you a question. You know, your comment section is your WhatsApp, your yeah. text messages, just because other people can see it. But you're, it, you've, you've created that that spark and that conversation with people that's why it's called social media and I was like actually yeah you've got a really good point there so my main focus has been to try and get conversation to try and have conversation with people I find on Instagram sometimes that comments are very far and few between mm-hmm. um, I do get people that comment and to those who know you are thank you um but trying to create conversation mm-hmm. I think it's easier on LinkedIn because people want yeah. that conversation that's kind of kind of a different realm now isn't it that completely completely different kettle of fish altogether but that platform is based on creating conversation yeah it's not about just posting a job on there and somebody applying for it you know it, it, no it's about it's like you an open discussion able to almost in a, in a professional light but that demonstrates who you are as a person and what you like your values and and stuff like that yeah it's almost like a it's almost like a real-time cv because you're showing up as you as your authentic self 
Yeah, I do like but, LinkedIn for that reason. I wish there was more like veterinary people that were on there. Yeah. And not agencies calling you up every five seconds going, do you want a job? And I'm just yeah. there like, I wish a practice would just have a look, see what I've done. Because everything is on there. My CV is crap. But if you go on my LinkedIn, I've got links to the webinars I've done, the articles I've done, like all the things that I'm really proud of and that want to show off. Like, yeah. go, go, go on there. Go on. Yeah, look. Um, <laughs> look. <laughs> whereas, whereas the way that Instagram's going at the minute, like we said, like we said before, it's competing, trying to compete with TikTok. Um, and it is the main purpose of that platform now is mm. to try and withhold people's short attention spans because it's been proven with research that our attention spans have got less which About three know. seconds now mm-hmm. like my nephew he's um he's just turned 11 when he's on his phone he's literally i know that people can't see me on the podcast doing this but it's literally a swipe 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 and i'm like what are you actually looking at and he can't tell me he can't tell me what he's looking at because yeah. it's just so quick and I mean, that's the same. I mean, I can say that as well. Like sometimes I'm going through things. And if you ask me, what have you just been looking at? I'd probably say the same. I don't actually know what I've been looking at because yeah. they put all sorts on there now on your feed. There's things that you aren't even following that come up and I go, what the hell is this? Or is it an advert? And, and then I go off on a tangent because then I'm going, oh, new pair of shoes, you know, and your phone's been listening to you because you're looking for a new pair of shoes. Uh, like it's different now. And it's really annoying me that it's changing that way because Instagram for me always started off as being like a little gallery with a caption and you kind of saying a bit about what that photo means. Yeah. Um, Whereas now it's changing. It's more like a video thing. It's more short snackable content that people can just. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm vibing it. I'm not vibing it at all. I think I think there's definitely a place for it. From a content creator's perspective, there is a place for it because it is really handy to repurpose certain types of content from, you know, whether it's mm. the way that you say something or whether it's, you know, you're able to give little snapshots of your life, like you can do a, a mini vlog in 90 seconds. Like there's really handy pieces mm. that, that can really lend itself to that. Um, but I... I then going back to the whole comments and engagement it's really hard for you to engage with those people because mm-hmm. they just see a quick snapshot of who you are and what you give what you provide what you're bringing to the table mm-hmm. whereas traditionally it would have been that you know people followed you because of you you know they weren't flicking through a separate algorithm feed that was just feeding them like 15 second clips of like tips and tricks and stuff like that or whatever people follow um people would see your post and they would follow you because they like who you are so it's trying to mm-hmm. it puts a lot more pressure on creators because it puts you know like you say you feel that pressure that you've got to create this short form content mm-hmm. but that um you're you've got to try and harness everything that you've built up until this point into a 15 30 second clip it's not always possible so i get the the pressure of it and I think, again, from a place of privilege in the terms of that I can spend more time on it now, I am getting to understand it a bit more and understanding how you can use it and how it works. But in terms of if I was still a full-time nurse and doing this on the side, 
I would be in your position and I would be like, I don't have time for this. Because no. it's not easy. It's a 15, 30 second clip that takes you five minutes to record because you keep doing it wrong. And then you've got to try and like find the right audio that goes with it or unless you haven't already got an audio in mind. And then it's making the annotations, making sure that they pop up at the right time. Then you've got to think of the caption that goes with it. Yeah. And then up, up until recently, you couldn't schedule things in a third party. And I think to a certain extent, you still can't because you can only do that with original audio. So then you've got to save it in your drafts and you've still got to manually post it. So actually, a 30 second clip turns into half an hour. That's it. That's the thing for me. It's going to take me a, a lot longer to work out how to do it than if I'm just to post and write my own thing for it like I mean don't get me wrong I've done some that have like quote-unquote flopped but they've all been a learning experience for me mm-hmm. and learning what works and what doesn't work and knowing you know trying different things um I think they are valuable and they're definitely worth it I think the biggest thing I know this is one of the big lessons that I learned from Hannah I feel like I'm name dropping today but um the physio vet nurse um is that just let go of that inhibitions and just have fun don't think it's got to be perfect it's got to be curated it's got to be like all of these you know full-time content creators that have got cameras and comparison thing again isn't it don't let comparison stop you from trying because at the end of the day you practice makes progress like progress practice and practice and make progress progress over perfection is what i was trying to say um Mm. but yeah unless you try and again this is then going back to are you have you got a fear of success or have you got a fear of failure like which one is it are you scared that you're going to fail and make yourself look like an idiot or are you scared that actually you're going to enjoy it and what does that mean for you because Mm -hmm. you've been so resistant for so long that actually you're scared that you might enjoy it but why well what if this happens Mm -hmm. what if for some reason I have a viral reel and I end up with like hundreds and thousands of followers. I can't mentally cope with that. Well, that we can deal with that. We can mm-hmm. take steps and yes, that won't happen to everybody and it might not happen at all. But the fact that you're sort of catastrophizing something mm. means that there's something that's underlying and hidden from that. So what can we, we do to change Self-discovery, yeah. don't we? Into we, it. we you need, that's something you need to work on. But I think ultimately you need to first decide whether it's that you're scared of failing or whether you're scared of succeeding because the way that you treat them is very different. For me, I know it would be the failing aspect just because of how I've been throughout my whole life, really, is that to fail is not good. You know, whereas now, like, you know, talking to my parents about the exam, for example, they're like, oh, don't worry if you fail. Like, people are always saying to me, don't worry if you fail this exam, because actually it doesn't really mean anything. Like, it's not like it's for qualifying to be a vet nurse again. But equally, I don't want to fail because I've always had this pressure on me that I want to do my best, but sometimes my best doesn't get me to pass because I let it get the better of me. Yeah. Um, that's just me with my exams, you know, and and stuff like that. So I innately have that um, fear of failure, whereas I want to do well. I want to do really well. Um, but I'm also worried that if I did really, really well at something, then the imposter syndrome creeps in and goes, well, you didn't deserve to have that. 
it's, so a, it's, fine a, it's a double uh double-edged sword isn't it um with it sometimes and yeah I think uh, you have to do a lot of self-discovery you have to do a lot of you know writing things down and finding out your whys and finding out your core beliefs and things like that really yeah 100 percent. and I think that's I think the biggest step forwards from that is that you are able to identify that in the first place so it is that so you know that right so a fear of failure is because I have this innate fear that that has always been with me mm-hmm. okay great so you've identified that and I'm scared of success because I'm because because of the imposter syndrome that comes with it that in itself is really powerful because then now you're able to be aware and you're able to say you know this is why x y and z whereas if someone was to come to you and someone and and say that same thing and they were like i don't know Mm. that doesn't help you need to do that working you need to identify what it is and not be scared of the answer, not be embarrassed of the answer, because without that, you can't go any further. Just let it flow sort of yeah. thing. Just you, let got, it got to, be. You've got to be at peace with it. Yeah. Like 100%. I'm at peace with the fact that I'm scared of success because I know that that is the whole reason for a lot of things in life why I hold myself back because I'm scared if I'll succeed because it's like, well, how am I going to change as a person? And I've said this before in the episode, but how am I going to change as a person? Is it going to make me different? Is it going to change my values? Is it going to turn me into yeah. a horrible person? Like, this is the like, definition of a horrible person, I don't know what it is, by the way, but in my mind, it's like you're going to turn into... Well, you're not going to be a serial killer, are you? Come no, on. you're going to be this narcissistic person or whatever. No. Like, I don't know what that, I don't know what that horrible dictation looks like in my mind, but just the actual act and the fact that I'm scared that I'm going to change because of the success. Yeah. Looking really at it that bothersome. way, looking at it that way, what would you see? You know, if you won the lottery, for example, you know, how how would that be different to you become like the fear of success? Like, say, if you came in with like a lot of money, how do you think that would change you? Because I always say to myself, I don't think that would change me a lot. I think I'd still worry about money because that's an innate feeling again that doesn't seem to go away I'm always worrying about money um even when I don't need to and I feel like if I won the lottery let's say I don't think that would change me as a person it it would probably better me in different ways give me the freedom I've always wanted but then it's kind of thinking it yeah do you know where I'm coming from it's the worries wouldn't necessarily be the the same they will be, but they would still be worries nonetheless and I think yeah yeah I think you're right I think I don't think I would change mm. but there's always that worry in the back of my mind that I would and mm. that I wouldn't notice it and that I would lose because I'm of of all things really I was having this conversation with my best friend last night actually and mm. The person who I am today to the person that she first met nine years ago is a completely opposite person. Like I was quiet. I wouldn't say boo to a goose, constantly doubted myself, thought I wasn't good enough for anything or anyone. And to now be able to be this person that can have an open and honest, frank conversation and be 100% honest and not feel judged to say something 
it's completely different. And I am very proud of myself for the work that I've done. Not necessarily grateful for some of the experiences, but I am in some respects in terms of it would I wouldn't be who I am without that. Mm-hmm. Um but the, you know, I am the person I am because of all of these things that I've gone through. Um and I wouldn't want to lose that because I've worked too hard mm-hmm. to get to this person that I think in the back of my mind I knew I I always knew I was going to be but never thought I'd have the balls to be I think that's growth though isn't it I think that's just like good growth like getting a better mindset on things and you know there's people that have known me for years and they've seen me go from being a very quiet individual to now I won't bloody shut up now like I've got the voice now and I don't want to let that go and it'll only keep going you know and I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing or something to be fearful of is is us changing as long as we don't change in bad negative ways um that impacts people around us or impact our health or things like that you know if you start becoming an alcoholic let's say like that's going the other way yeah Whereas it doesn't sound like that's happening for you. Like, it's going a good way. I'd like to think that I have a good enough circle around me that if Mm. I was to stray off that path, that they would hold me accountable to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I can probably say to people is that if if above all, all else, trust your intuition, but don't be scared of it. Mm. Lean into it. It's going to feel uncomfortable. There oh, are yeah. things in life that are going to make you feel uncomfortable. Really, really uncomfortable. Like to the point where you, your body is screaming, ah, yeah, I do not want to do this. Please make it stop. Ugly snot crying, <laughs> which is me on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> but you need to go through that mm. to get to where you want to be. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's personal, professional, a choice mm. or maybe you haven't got a choice and maybe it's something that's come your way and unfortunately you can't do anything about it just gotta go with it mm. you've got you've got to you've got to find your own way of going through it but know that the more you lean into the discomfort the easier the process will be mm. and the more you have found that yeah the more you have it, the harder it gets to the point that then you ultimately break which, mm. which is not what I, you don't want burnout. You don't want mental deterioration, like mental health deterioration. You don't want manifestations of mental health that's been, you know, or any health in general that, you know, comes up. That's mm. because it's been unchecked because you've avoided it for so long. You know, it feels uncomfortable at first. But I'm at that point. Yes, better. I'm letting a lot of things out now, mm. and sometimes I have to have days of working with it and sitting with it and being comfortable sitting with it um I did a practice once where we we were told to write a letter to whatever it was that was bothering us and I couldn't believe what I wrote like I honestly couldn't believe what I wrote and and it's almost solving that problem but I was also sitting with that that um that trauma yeah. I know a lot, not a lot of people like that word, but it was sitting with the trauma and 
learning to live with it because things like that don't always go away problems like that don't always go away I think voicing your fears and voicing that trauma being able to get it out and not holding it in is Mm. has a massive value oh god and a huge merit and empowerment that comes with it Mm. because it no longer has a hold over you because you've voiced it out loud that's why I always try and talk when I really start to struggle. Mm. I find it very difficult, but I talk about it. I That's, yeah. again, like earlier on in the week on my Instagram stories, and that wasn't a particular good day. Mm. But I was like, enough of this. I'm not being held by this. I'd um, got into a really bad habit of what I call procrastinating. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want it there was something that I didn't want to do so instead of doing it I would go for a, a nap and I feel very vulnerable talking about this um, because no, then this, good, goes against, this goes against everything of like oh yeah but you you know you work for yourself you can have a nap um but no no I wasn't I, thinking that at all it, yeah. it was a it was avoidance 100% avoidance but then it would get to the point where then I'd go to bed at night and the anxiety would still be there and I wouldn't be able to sleep and it'd get to one, two o'clock in the morning and I'm still not sleeping. And um, I would then get to the next day, get to about the same time, and my eyes would start going. Mm. And this particular day, I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. So I got up, got the car keys and I took the dogs for a walk. And I was like, I don't, I feel better but I don't feel better at the same time. So I was like, what mm. else can I do to really challenge myself right here? I know what would be really uncomfortable, Emily. Show up on your Instagram stories and be open and honest. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did. And do you know what? I've had some really nice conversations with people throughout this week because I've been you honest. You won't be alone. You won't be alone in that. I've been honest about it. Mm. And, you know, I always say to people, and I'll say it on here as well, whenever I am open and honest about stuff like that, I can 100% genuinely say to you, I am not throwing a pity party for one. Yeah. I am doing it because there are people out there who used to be like me, like Elle, like many people out there that are scared to to voice that thing inside them that they're scared of. I'm not scared of that, that voice. So if I can stand up and set an example and say, I'm not scared of this, I'm going to punch fear in the face and do it anyway. Then mm. I'm hoping that whoever sees that knows that they can do the same because I was once in their shoes. Yeah, I feel like we almost hold this thing back in our head that we're, you know, we're taught from a young age to not feel. So, you know, if you're really little and you're crying in the shopping market and mum's tired, mum's fed up, she's she can't be asked with you playing a tantrum, you're told to stop you're told to pack it in you know we're not doing this now you know and a lot of the time you you learn to keep your feelings in and you know at school I remember you know if I ever got tearful that was to show you a week and the bullies would come a bit more and get quite excited about it and, and I learned a lot to keep things in and I think now as the generation is there's a lot of people that go on these social media pages and they put themselves at an extremely vulnerable place. Like I saw a girl here that was talking about her skin condition and that is something that I 
couldn't imagine doing myself talking about something about my personal body that is completely you know putting me out there Mm. but she's helped people and and it's things like this where we have to go what what is it for the greater good sometimes yeah because it helps us to talk about it but then also on the other end of it someone could be watching your story like the other day and go yeah shit I know how you feel yeah and I think one of the other things as well for me and one thing that I do get really again personal and very vulnerable about is the fact that I have polycystic ovaries and it on the outset I can talk about it I can talk about the fact that you know I was diagnosed with it when I was 13 incredibly young at a children's hospital I wasn't even at an adult hospital at that point um there always the constant fear that if I put on too much weight I'm gonna end up with diabetes as a result you know all of the hormonal problems that come with that but the one thing that really aside from the fact that you know maybe one day if I wanted kids I might not be able to have them that's a separate conversation altogether but that the one thing that bugs me and that has bugged me as I have got older with this disorder is the fact that I have horrendous facial hair to the point where I think the the longest I've gone to have my whole face waxed, literally from like nose down, um, is probably two and a half, three weeks. Um, it is a massive insecurity of mine, a huge oh, insecurity. And I, you know, you often find that you'll you'll know you probably you wouldn't notice, but I'll probably gonna point it out now. But you'll find that I'll start putting filters on if I can see it. Like we, for the people on the podcast listening to this, we're on a Zoom call. And from the beginning, I've been very aware of the fact that I have got hair on my top lip and it is really bugging me because people can see it. And even talking about it now, I'm getting emotional because it's something that I have had a battle with a long time. It's something that isn't within my control. And yes, I have to do something about it. But, you know, I've looked into laser and all of that, but I I need to, to be honest, I need to save up for it because it's expensive. It is expensive. But the that was the one, one of the main things that I used to get bullied for as a kid was because I had, I've got dark hair naturally, even Mm. though it's blonde in it now, but I'm dark hair, got dark hair naturally. And as I've got older, the hair has climbed up my arms across my hands and it just takes me back to that time Mm. of being Mm. at school and being called names because Mm. let's be honest I have to put a funny spin on it I had a better beard than most of them ever did (laughs) that they wish they had I didn't see it like that when I was younger but um, that's the way I see it now. I, I got bullied for my hair as well. Like I had a mono for a very long time and I didn't know what to do with it. I was too embarrassed to talk to my mum about it. And one day I got the razor and I just started hacking. I hacked at my eyebrows and they were a mess. I, I've got a scar here from where I caught it and it bled. And the hair won't grow back there now, unfortunately, because that's what's stopping them from being really on point. Um but no, I always have been conscious about hair because similar to you, I, I 
was on getting a diagnosis for the same thing because I had awful periods and then this hair coming in places that I don't want it um and it made me feel not very feminine and it made me yeah it, well people would notice you know if a boy would come up to me really close at school they'd go oh my god and they'd point something out yeah um my, my nephew was brilliant at this and <laughs> love him he's seven and Aww. It was before I'd had it done, so obviously it was like, it was quite bad. And he walked up to me and he was like, Auntie Emily, why have you got a beard? And I was like, I haven't got a beard, mate. And he was like, yeah, you have, right there. And like, pointed it. And I was like, well, we can point out my flaws, mate, thanks. But, you know, he's a kid. Like, that's what kids do. They they state the obvious. They're quite um, honest, aren't they? And it, it hurt at the time because I wasn't in a great place. But then I look back at it now and it's like, you know, that... I shouldn't feel embarrassed about that because it, it's part of my body. It's part of who I am. But can't I can't really change it. Yeah, I can't. The only way that I can change it is A, wax it off, B, get it lasered, C, ignore it. The pandemic was brilliant because I could wear a mask <laughs> and it didn't matter. That insecurity yeah. went because people couldn't see my face. But yeah, that is, if I was thinking about insecurities and in terms of showing up online or just in general in life, that is my biggest insecurity is thinking that people are staring at me for that mm. like I don't care about the rest of me I could look like an absolute tramp I could have as many holes in my dreams as Edam cheese like I don't care mm. but the thought that somebody <laughs> that somebody is um staring at my face or noticing the fact that I've got facial hair that for me I'm game over I'm done I need to get out like I need to mm. so it's the I same like and it's the same with showing up online really I think like I was saying earlier, it's these days when I don't want to show up and I know I need to, but I literally, I I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. And I think one of the main things that I want to focus on in the next few months is trying to figure out a strategy or a system of what I can do for those days that I don't want to show up to take mm. pressure off myself. Because ultimately, I don't want to show up because I haven't got the capacity, but then on the flip side of that, like you say, the double-edged sword is then I beat myself up because I haven't shown up. So it's trying to think of a way that you can build that system and that support structure in place so that you can show up even if you don't feel like it, what you can do to do that and how you can achieve that um, and stop yourself from ultimately beating yourself up in the process. Mm. Like almost like a self-care guide to yeah, those days. Yeah. Like almost have like a little box and nice affirmations even, in or I think even if you're, if you're a logical person because for me I, I think if I was to have a a box of something I'd be like yeah that's great but I need mm-hmm. practical I need mm. something to literally even if it's a list a checklist that I follow to the letter that I can you know fall back on it's all right having things because mm. I think the problem is, is when you're showing up for yourself is when you don't feel like showing up for yourself you could have everything in the world you could have the most expensive you know journal hell you could have somebody writing your entry for you mm. like you could be anywhere in the world but if you don't want to show up for yourself then you're not going to do it hands hands down quite plain and simply you're not going to do it so then you almost need like a reboot list of something that you can mm. follow to get you back on track to want to show up for yourself it's not necessarily about showing up for yourself it's the fact that you don't want to you're not going to do it so what's what's that gap that we can bridge 
to get you from not showing up at all to showing up? What do we need to do on the interim to help you get to that place? And it's not going to be something that happens overnight or within an hour. But I think the repetition of doing that and building the consistency of doing that. Yes, it's okay to take a break. I'm not saying you need to show up and push through, but it's taking that guilt away from it that we need to do. Mm. That's what we're all very good at doing. We're all very good at doing those posts of saying, I'm really sorry, guys, but I'm feeling really crap. I'm going to take a few weeks off. You don't Mm. need to apologise for it. You just like we say earlier, you literally just say to people, I need I need to tap out, see on the flip side. You don't need to justify it, you don't need to explain it, you don't need to give a reason. No. You don't, you you genuinely don't. Like if it makes you feel better, then you can say it to people. But in the grand scheme of things, that people people don't need to know. And not even that people don't need to know. Bit of tough love maybe a bit too tough but some people won't care mm, mm. they don't care they've got enough stuff going on in their own lives mm. for them to be worrying about the reason why you're you're taking a break on social media mm. that doesn't really play any significance to them so the only person that you're really trying to justify something to is yourself you're only trying to justify why you're taking the break you shouldn't need to like at work you don't justify the fact mm-hmm. that you need to take a week's holiday you just go, I've got four weeks holiday or however long. Mm. You know, I've got four weeks holiday that I need to use by the end of the year. I want to do it here, here and here. Don't know what I want to do yet. We'll figure that out closer to the time. So you don't need to justify that. The only person that realistically that you're justifying it to is yourself. Mm. And I feel very seen because I'm that person. And I feel like that is probably a bit tough, love. But it's the truth. Yeah. No, I think they're really, really, really good points. I think what it comes down to, like that big reset button, is to reset and have time. Because like you said, you're not going to think of something, boom, right there and then. Like if you haven't got the inspiration coming in, more than likely it's not going to come in. Sometimes I will set a timer. And if I haven't got an idea within that time, don't worry about it, move on. Yeah. Because it's not going to happen. Sometimes it's just not going to happen. And the more you force it, like we've said, it will be false. It won't be right. It won't be authentic. And yeah, I think sometimes, you you know, you could wake up one day and all the ideas could come flooding to the point yeah. where you can't grab your pen and paper quick enough because you've got those ideas. Or if you're on a walk, like sometimes I listen to a podcast and I'll go, holy shit. And it's not even to do with what I'm listening to. No. Because I don't listen to like that Emery stuff, really. Um, I'll I'll just get this click, and it it can either be like subconsciously, like sometimes I'm in and out of listening, but then I'm with nature. You know, I'm in my own mind still, and things can just come, and I'll write it down quickly on my phone because I I won't remember when I get in. And it's those times when you come up with things for. Yeah you can't force that to happen yeah take yourself out for a walk to see if you can but if it happens it happens mine is at the most awkward time possible mine is when I'm just about to fall asleep oh yeah and I'm like then I'm overstimulated if I were not gonna remember it and can I echo like scroll on a piece of paper because I'm half asleep so I remember once waking up one morning picking up my phone and locking it and been like, why is the voice note app open? And then I realised I'd left myself a little voice note, <laughs> a rambling voice note of the idea in my head. 
was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, that is. No, so I'm that sure. that's my one. I know people that get inspiration in the shower. So my, I do that as well. You can't put it anywhere. My business coach, actually, she um on Amazon, you can buy a um it's almost like a whiteboard in a shower proof packet that's stuck to her shower. And whenever she gets inspiration, it's got a pen in there. You can literally just pick up and write on it. Um, and she swears by it because she needs that for her ideas. Um, yeah, getting them in the weirdest, like the weirdest times. Mine, like I say, mine's usually really, 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 really late at night or when I'm just about to fall asleep. Mm. And it's just having a way of being able to note it down. And I think also sometimes as well, it's good to it's good to write things down. But what I often find, especially even if I'm doing it on my notes on my phone, the way that you perceive an idea and the way that you project an idea outward. So the way that you perceive it is in how you see it in your mind and the way that you project it in the way that you write it. We don't write how we talk sometimes because mm. we're t- not to because it's not grammatically correct so sometimes for some people like for me sometimes um I'll voice note people rather than text them so that people don't think I'm saying things the wrong way that and sometimes it's easier than typing out a really long message when you could just talk it out and I think sometimes voice noting things can be really valuable because then your the perception of the idea that you've got in your mind you can give it more context and more detail Mm. in a shorter amount of time than you would if you were trying to type out all that detail mm. and for some people typing things out is really difficult like I know um that there are people you know um, I I'm not you know I don't have any learning difficulties in terms of like dyslexia or anything like that I'm very grateful for that but I know for some people that dyslexia can be it can be difficult to see the words um, mm. or the letter. I struggle to put a sentence together yeah I really do so being able to voice note something you're still mm. able to get that idea out but you're not having to worry about how you've written it or trying to interpret it like a day or so later when you finally come around to creating contact you're like what did I mean by that whereas if you've got a voice note you can actually give context to the situation because yeah, I do that I write things in my journal for a, for an idea and then I'll come back to it and go what because it's in like broken English everything's in broken English and I'm like what the bloody hell did I mean by that and I get really frustrated because I know that the idea has been clear as day but my memory can only hold so much yeah um but yeah voice notes seem to be good and that's why I wish my exam could be like a voice note because I don't know how things are gonna go out (laughs) but there we go (laughs) oh yeah well, I think we'll wrap it up then, isn't it? I don't even know how long it's been. <laughs> it's been a while, I think. Mm-hmm. But, well but I think we needed that. We needed to have that conversation. It's been on both of our <laughs> minds, isn't it? And I think it will probably help a lot of people in different aspects of their life as well. Um, and hopefully be something that we can work on in a way with ourselves and learn when to have a break and and say no and all those other things that we spoke about yeah but I I really enjoyed it today Emily thank you so much for coming on the channel again thank you for having me no you're very welcome and we'll see you next time yes
Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>